Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sokokoji Buddhist Community in Traverse City. Um, as you know, the Temple Monastery is down in Battle Creek, and that's usually where Sokozan does his Dharma talks from. But once a month, they come up here to visit Traverse City, where we have extended Sangha. And this is just some of the people up here. Um, November is our friendship, Sokokoji Awareness and Friendship Month. Hi. There's, you know. um, so we're raising money to support the whole community, um, and specifically in November to help support the Temple Monastery down in Battle Creek, because that's the hub of all of our activity, and it supports all the programming and support that we do everywhere. So if you're able to help us out, um, there's a donate button right on here. And yeah, you can do that. You can get, I think they have mugs that you've seen down there and a meditation primer. This will help you get started in your practice. So, so visit our website and uh, you can see some extended details about our uh, awareness month. And if you'd like to be on our mailing list, we have uh, continued uh, information that's going out this month. So uh, maybe you can give your email address. We're having some difficulty with our website email. So, uh, Kozan, you want to give? Yeah, Sokokoji TC uh, at gmail.com. And that will get you to Traverse City where you can hook up to the main website. So, okay. So, Kazan will be here momentarily. This morning's uh, Dharma talk is titled Relationships 101. That's all. <laughs> I think I gave a couple of relationship talks in the past, but I thought, well, maybe I'll differentiate that from the other ones. Although I wouldn't have to because I'd never say the same thing twice, unless I do. That's the exception. So relationships, we all talk about that. It's common, you know, we've got to work on our relationship, but we've got to. You know, it's my relationships are going haywire either at work or coworkers or at boss or relate or whatever, mom and dad, brothers, siblings, there's all kinds of sometimes we have trouble with our dog. Our dog doesn't agree with us about something. Like what the it wants to eat. <laughs> like it wants to eat chickens. Your dog can't eat chicken. So my teacher, my first teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. Tibetan Lama that passed away in 1987. Um, one of the things he said that stuck with me a long time, I've contemplated that over a long period of time. I'm very much a relationship person, so to speak. I've had lots and lots of relationships. This is a relationship. And uh, you can't seem to um, do anything but have relationships. But something he said, and I don't remember the context of the teaching, you probably could find it somewhere in the hundreds and hundreds and thousands of words that he said. But, uh, he said, the best relationship is no relationship. And I think at the time I thought, that doesn't make any sense. But what does he mean? What is he trying to, how is he trying to help us work with our minds in such a way that we can understand maybe more deeply, what, what is a relationship? Uh, all kinds of relationships that have certain kinds of qualities or standards to them that we subscribe to or obey or form a our culture just full of that that tell you exactly how a marriage should work uh, although there's maybe 1520 different opinions on how that should work but it's uh, it's about the relationship the fundamental nature of relationship is what he was addressing and this is not something you can arrive at that understanding through thought patterns it is not a conclusion and uh took me uh a few decades and uh 
several thousand relationships to be able to get some kind of understanding of what that is. And it is not, uh, it's not a con something you conclude, it's not something you believe about relationships necessarily. It's a, uh, that kind of a teaching is to help you to, to do what? Well, just what it did for me. I immediately started to look, oh, what does he mean by that? So what happened with me is I began to look at the nature of the relationship I was in. And then I would say, well, how does that fit the best relationship with no relationship? And, uh, you know, the conclusion or the kind of the spontaneous conclusion was that would be, which is, you mean, avoiding, not seeing anybody, not talking to anybody. What is that? So it has a profound and deep meaning. It's a direct pointing of the nature of reality. And what is that? I can say it in a couple of words that you can contemplate for a while. Not separate. You would only have a relationship with something, somebody that, that you're separate from. Then it's a relationship. But the best relationship is not separate. And how do you, how would you understand that? The mind cannot reach there. The mind can go up the steps. But when it gets to the top step, it looks down and sees empty space. It sees the top of the mountain. And, or it maybe sees the edge of a cliff. Everyone would see it a little bit differently. Some people would just look at the stairs and say, hey, not for me. I'm going to go have some ice cream. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to find a path that does to bendable stairs. Pardon me. Or maybe no path. Maybe your, maybe your path in life is to, uh, is to not, maybe this isn't uh, your lifetime to walk a spiritual path, to travel the path with no goal. Most people want a path that has an ending or goal or accomplishment. This is called uh, uh, spiritual materialism, looking for something else, something better, something higher, something to accomplish, some kind of a, to get some kind of a credential. At least I've worked hard and now I have my result. This works fine if you're going to a university, wanted to get a degree. Works fine if you're going to build a business. It works fine. All of the mundane things, which we're not trying to get rid of those. Please don't. You don't have to go the other way and go to the top of the mountain and take a bed sheet with you and, you know, a bowl of rice. You know, you could actually live in this world. This is the times of, uh, uh, like it was for ancient monasteries where they had to run off and, pardon me again. Those days are gone. That was, in that time, it was the perfect way to practice, to take for the Buddha in 2,500 years ago to receive dozens and dozens, hundreds, thousands of uh, 14, 15, 16-year-old men, some women, but mainly men, young boys out of their family to train them. Different situation then. Now we have a combination of all of the things in our society, the, the, uh, the quality of intelligence, understanding, perception, uh, and so on, with the incredible new technology, the communication we have where you can, you know, as, as Marshall McLuhan said back in the 1950s, a global village. You know, it's suddenly you're talking to somebody in in Europe, you know, in real time, you're talking to them. Astonishing. Everything travels. Uh, of course, as we all know, there's the upside to that. You get to talk to anybody you want. And there's the downside. You get to talk to anybody you want. So, confusing, to say the least. We're, we're, we're more isolated in some ways and less in others. It's just an astonishing thing to look at. It's... Uh, and people are writing books about that all the time. You don't need to read a book. You don't need to write a book. Uh, you've got enough of a book. If you just look at this wall, just gaze at the wall. All you're really doing, it's not about the wall. It's about having the eye consciousness open 
the eye uh, object, the wall, nothing much happening there. So that you can just see what continues to show up as something, thoughts, ideas, emotions, memories, just observe. Most human beings are trying, as soon as something shows up, they want to do something else with it. The second noble truth of the Buddha, maybe I should start with the first. The first noble truth of the Buddha put in modern uh, language is life sucks. Life is suffering. This is difficult. And if you think that it's, uh, suffering is part-time, you misunderstand because it's continuous. And uh, it is uh, difficult to work with. It's not nihilism. It's just the truth. So what do we do? We sit down, hold still as a training and start out with a, with the primary misunderstanding is that there's someone solid being here who needs to be fixed, who shouldn't be this way, who uh, got a raw deal. And I could go on and on, but you get the point. Sit down and get make friends with that person. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves, watch the mind grasp at this passion, watch the mind reject that aggression and watch the mind shut down on anything it doesn't want, doesn't understand, is bored with and so on. Ignorance, passion, aggression, and ignorance. Those are the three ways, according to the Buddhist teaching, going back 2,500 years, that we avoid reality, that we avoid what is fundamentally true. Find out what that is. This is Buddhism is not a belief system, system although sometimes it's promoted that way by different schools and lineages and uh, mixed with their various cultures. Japanese culture was pretty macho culture, so Buddhism shows up there as a macho. Not wrong, just another way of doing it. As in ancient China, it was different there, mixed with Taoism, ancient India. <clears throat> I mean, when the Buddha passed, and I think it was deliberate on his part, although we didn't check in with him, but uh, it was deliberate to not give too much information. Uh, he made it so vague that uh, within 100 years, there was, I think, 18 different schools that sprung up, all had a different idea of what he was talking about. And that was not confusing. That's the way he held it together. That's why you're hearing the words of the, of the Buddha, as, uh, so far as I can even do that. You're hearing that same teaching right here. It's, as it's, uh, it's just warm hand to warm hand. You can't read this out. You can read it out of a book and get interested. You might get started, but you really need to meet someone who understands this. I make no claims. I don't have any propaganda. If this sounds like propaganda, leave. Go ahead. And on the other hand, go in the other direction. Don't believe a word I say. And don't disbelieve it. If you come in here, as I say so many times, you give me permission to talk for another what, 45 minutes or so on. You could listen to it, and then it's up to you. If it, if it resonates, makes some sense, similar frequency there, then uh, you probably won't be able to go somewhere else. In the sense of... You still be thinking about that. I might not be your teacher, but something about the way this is presented might resonate with you or not. I don't mind. You could put soup in this. So the relationship dynamic, um, the way I would recommend is just whatever relationship, whether your significant other or your job or something, any kind of relationship situation. If you're a student of mine, then, then that's, there's, that would be a, a valuable relationship for you to really look and see what that is. See if there is someone else. See see if there is another person. I'm not saying there's another body. Lots of bodies, but that proves nothing. Uh, what appears is going down. All compounded things. This is, I didn't make this up. This is what the Buddha said. All compounded things will vanish, will go away. Everything that comes up is going down. Everything that is born will die. Uh, what doesn't die? That which is not born, and what that which is not born is what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? 
What is it? Yes. Carpeting? Yeah. Carpeting's going down. Wisdom. What is wisdom? Find out. I can't, if it's assuming I even knew anything about it, I can't just say, here's your morning dosage of wisdom. <clears throat> it is uh, not conventional knowledge. It is transcendent knowledge. Uh, it's uh, uh, the way, uh, uh, relative ways of talking about it. Anytime you conclude anything, you think you know something, you ignore everything else. So all knowledge is in its, in its own way is ignorance. But wisdom doesn't know something else. Wisdom only sees wisdom. It may show up in forms that, but those forms are not uh, are not seductive, nor are they repulsive, nor are they do they need any kind of validation or they don't need anything. But if you see clearly, if you see clearly what this says, you don't see anything else but wisdom. You see human beings, and if the human beings are suffering in this path, the Mahayana path, which means to, to receive a vow to be with all things, relationship. So you you don't ignore the relationship. You just notice that the way in which the relationship works is ultimately nothing is separate. That wisdom only sees wisdom. Does it see someone else? This is another way of talking about emptiness. Um, the main teaching of, a Buddha, uh, the Buddha, of uh, Buddhism is saying that things both, this is the hard part, Both things both exist and non-exist at the same time. It's called, uh, in the uh, Hindu tradition, it's called uh, Advaita, non-duality, not two. Not two different things. And also not, they aren't the same either. So it's uh, perplexing to the ego mind, which is quite materialist, materialistic and is reinforced by all the things we run into in the world, like trying to make a living, trying to have a good relationship, trying to figure out a way to protect our, our children or our job or our country or our society or whatever. So it's just, uh, again, not, it's not wrong. It's just uh, insofar as you can, if you wish to, uh, walk a spiritual path and take as big a picture as you can. How do you do that? By taking as small a picture as you can. That's what the wall is for. That's what, or if you don't want to face the wall, if you're uh, claustrophobic, then uh, face a computer, but turn it off. Sit down, hold still, watch what, watch what, first watch what doesn't move, the wall. And after a while, you'll notice that what continues to move are, are aspects of consciousness memories, ideas, if you sit there long enough, eventually the thing kind of wears out. There isn't much going on. It's sometimes called boredom. Boredom uh, is, uh, the downside of it is it's boring, but the upside of boredom is that you, it is a sign that you are weaning yourself away from the need for constant entertainment. You're, that's how it feels. And my teacher, Tungpurumpache, broke that up into two kinds of boredom. There's a hot boredom, you might experience where you, <laughs> you start <clears throat> antsy and want to just don't want to be here anymore. In ancient times, or you, you know, which means 20 years ago, uh, they might have said, well, stay there anyway. I don't say that. Want to get up? Get up and go, go do something else. Uh, it's just a misunderstanding. And then, of course, come back and sit again. But don't necessarily force anything. Uh, you might have a form that says, like we do at the monastery, the, the form is you sit six and a half hours a day. But if you don't want to do that, then just tell me you don't want to do that. And I'll say, well, don't live at the monastery then. I won't say do that. I say, that's what we do at the monastery. Go live. You could actually live next door and just come over once a month. It'd be much easier. So forms are meant to be observed, not obeyed. This is a misunderstanding. And as far as I'm concerned, a different cultural context in Tibet, in Japan, in China, 
we just don't need to do that. We don't need that kind of controlling. Uh, we can treat each other as adults, as a mutual thing, rather than the teacher has to treat people like children who need to be um, uh, threatened or something. <clears throat> so it's about looking at the relationship and not concluding. Those of you who have heard me talk much say, I, I say, uh, don't conclude. That doesn't mean you can stop concluding. But if I say that, then you may look at the way your conclusion, uh, your ego grasping, uh, concluding, wants to conclude, doesn't like not knowing anything for any length of time. So we want to, it's like uh, we, I need to make up my mind next by next Thursday where I might go, where I'm going on vacation. Might be a good idea just to, not to make anything up. And you might say, I might say, anybody might say, well, uh, might not have any plane tickets. I said, well, just uh, go to Grand Rapids then. Your car. <laughs> I mean, you could actually, you could actually live in the reality that you're here instead of protecting yourself by using all those uh, various extensions or relationship dynamics that are that are, are, are kind of a knee-jerk kind of thing that we do rather than just look at the very simple situation that we're in. So I would also like to say that questions are always uh, appropriate. I can continue to talk without questions, but it, it helps make it a little bit more uh, uh, interactive. Uh, Karen. Um, regarding elective relationships, personal relationships. Yes. Uh, sometimes it feels like uh, what, how to be in them. Um, if if we are in relationship with everything anyway, and there's no separation. Why pick and choose this one to have a relationship with or that one to go deeper? And what, what does deeper mean? Give me one question. That's too complicated. <laughs> Just give me a question. I heard what you said. Um, in, in personal relationships that we choose to be in, yes. what does it mean to go deeper? One question. Not to get too complicated. I'm I'm pretty simple. One question, straight straight arrow. You know what I'm saying. Just give me a good. Give me. You can cast the other one next, but you can ask five questions, but one at a time. In our personal relationships, how do we go deeper? Yes. Without bringing our ego into it. Don't worry about your ego. Ego is not real. If you think it's if you if you think it's real, then you're concerned about being egotistical, or you're or you're getting credit for being less egotistical than you were yesterday. That's just spinning. Ego is not real. The most important thing for you to see, for anybody to see, is see the primary misunderstanding, which is that there's a solid being that likes this, doesn't like that, succeeds at this, success, failure, all the. So just start out with that. Start at uh, start at the beginning. Start at uh, square one, so to speak. Sit down, hold still, and watch the the, the believer person uh, expand on the whole idea of relationships outside of the actual relationship that you're having with that other person. Have ideas about it. All kinds of collections, just like barnacles on a ship. You know, it's not the ship, but it goes everywhere the ship goes. So you have to deal with it. So you have to. You have to deal with that and instead of you're dealing with all of your additions to it, your ideas, you can't actually see the surface of the boat. The metaphor only goes so far, but it's some kind of thing that's unnecessary. Just keep it very simple. Sit down and look at the identity here. Look at the me feeling that is here because that is what you're taking into the 
the relationship dynamic that clouds the uh, makes it feel unclear and like the issues you have maybe with your uh, the relationship dynamic your partner your mate your your students your uh, in your case patients or whatever <laughs> pardon me so keep it simple to, to start with and so if you don't if you don't uh, if you try to go beyond that just go into working with the relationship itself then we get caught in that circularity of success and failure my relationship really starting to work now well that's not gonna last anything that shows up is going away success is going away failure is going away might the cycle that is there might be a uh, you know 28 years or 28 days cycle of the moon could be anything but everything is cyclic if it shows up it's it's part of a cycle that's why the best relationship is no relationship that cannot be explained i think probably ripa would have explained it but he thought i don't know what the hell he thought but the way i understand it after looking at it for several decades is uh to go, just use the idea of relationship as part of the issue. You should just look at what's in front of you and see that you're not separate from it. It's called insight. It's called wisdom. And the amazing thing is that if that shows up for you, for any of you, you will also see that you're separate at the same, you're actually fundamentally separated as a body, but you also realize you're not, even though there's a human form, you're not a human. I mean, you're, you're in human form, temporary. Who you are is beyond all of that. Nor are you an alien, nor are you a, a pigeon or a duck, but you could be. And I'm not threatening you with anything. I'm just saying anything's possible. Anything's possible, except that one thing you're thinking about as going to happen. <laughs> so do you follow me a little bit? Say, look at the relationship, the person who's creating those artificial. I say artificial because they're invented. See if there is a relationship. See what it is. It's, it will show up for anyone here who's in any kind of relationship, uh, agreeable situation. It's wonderful and supportive, uh, as I'm in with my lovely wife here. How's it going for you? Great. <laughs> Today's great. Today's great, yeah. <laughs> Life does suck. Don't you forget it. <laughs> so. I mean, everything is always tumbling around and going this way, going that way. And the ego mind, the self-centered mind, which we don't need to get rid of, but that shows up to complement the unreality of the, of the primary situation, or not primary, but the, the secondary or tertiary situation that's all around us, other people, other things, events, world politics and everything. Find out who this is. Train your mind. I say this over and over. I must, must say it over and over. I really need to say this. Get, so what, I mean, what do I mean by train your mind? Sit down, hold still. Find out who you are. Don't settle for half measures. Look at the half measures, but don't settle. Remember, it's a half measure. Uh, there's, there's more. There's something else. What is it? Find out. I, I couldn't, if this wasn't full of soup, and I got it full of wisdom and tried to pour it all over you, even though anointing sometimes works, might work better just hit you with a stick. That's what they did in ancient times, but I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> But I wouldn't get too close. <laughs> Since we're into questions, yes, go on. You just said half measures. What is a half measure? This is a half measure. Getting ready to strike the bell, and you come down and you stop. Very simple. And if you keep going, and then this is a half measure. This is a half measure. This is a half measure. So what I'm saying is, 
if anything, it starts and finishes. There's always a space in between the, the beginning of the journey and the end of the journey. And a lot of times that whole time, that whole area in there gets kind of blanked out because we're so concentrated on, on where we're going. We miss where we've just been or where we miss what we're going through. So it's about bringing the awareness into as much space. This is, it looks like space. Well, I'm going to strike the bell. And so we pick it up and the intention is to do that. So we just go ahead and do it. We totally miss that there's a whole area where the mind just shuts down, shuts down. There's a gap. There are gaps everywhere. One of the most uh, uh, talking about relationships, the uh, one-on-one important gap is a gap in that in any relationship dynamic you're in. There are gaps there that don't, there's, there's no thinking going on, no processing, no conclusions, no exclusions, not much of anything. It's called a, uh, Relative emptiness. No Certainly. You said don't settle for half measures. What do you mean by that? I meant today just to say just don't settle. Could be. Don't settle for anything. It's like, um, don't, the other way of saying it, don't conclude. <clears throat> At the same time, I know I can't help but conclude. But if I say don't conclude, then you might look more closely. Like if, they, if Trunk Rinpoche says the best relationship is no relationship, you know, what happened with me is I just thought about that for years, having lots of difficulty with relationships. So how could, how could, this, how could there be no relationship here? It's like an extremely powerful, confusing relationship. But it caused me to look at it over and over and over. And I will always remember what he said. And uh, fundamentally helped me to see more deeply. I can't can't go into that understanding and bring it out in words other than what, what I'm doing here. I'm endeavoring to do that. I'm endeavoring to, to talk about this in such a way that it'll help everyone look more closely at things. They, they just, anytime you conclude everything, you, you stop investigating. <clears throat> anytime you have thoughts in response to something, you can see that sometimes those thoughts are kind of lined up with what's happening but uh, other times they're actually covering up what's happening because we're so interested in knowing what's true and what's not true. And, and this has to do with our self-centeredness. We don't want to be confused. We don't want to not know. We want to know. So sometimes we'll settle for something, sometimes called an opinion. Opinions are worthless from the point of view of the spiritual path. If it's a mundane path, then, then it kind of depends on, you know, phase of the moon. You know, moon's in Aquarius, then you're probably right. <laughs> This don't misunderstand. I'm not saying we should throw thinking out or analysis. No, but it needs to have a priority. What should lead your life? I use this constantly because I think it's a uh, not smart enough to come up with something else. I guess, um, but here's awareness back here and uh, thinking process out of fear, out of hope, out of wanting to be in control. We try to lead with our thinking process so we don't get in hot water, so we don't get too vulnerable. We protect ourselves sometimes called an introvert, <laughs> just joking. And uh, uh, we, if you strengthen the awareness eventually without even, even doing anything, the awareness, the, the awareness will start to leak out in front of the thought process. And uh, it's like a breath of fresh air. You're actually living your life out of your awareness rather than out of some kind of um, you know, parabola that is that has all kinds of aspects to it that are preventing you from actually relaxing in the space that you're in on your in, on your own feet in your body in your mind living as a human being which you are not exactly a living being as i said 
Um, when you hear what now? Investigating. Yeah. It sounds, it makes me think yes. thinking process is like a mm-hmm. conclusion. Mm-hmm. But do you mean investigating as in awareness? Yes. Yes, because if you, if you say, just use a real mundane example. Somebody, uh, broke into your house and robbed you and you could see that things were tipped over and everything you wouldn't immediately you wouldn't immediately do much of anything on just look at it and especially if you were an, uh, an actual investigator they wouldn't even let you go in there and they would put on gloves and they would try to not contaminate the evidence all right <clears throat> excuse me a very mundane example but the intellectual thing might happen later but the first it has to be just bare attention on everything because if you just go in intellectually, then you're going to come to conclusions about things that are not fundamentally true. They're, they're, you're taking things for granted because you're, you know, who knows what the because is about. But uh, so in the same thing, we're not getting rid of thought process in our in our uh, school here in our studies. We study the concepts that go back thousands of years over and over and over again, like the Heart Sutra, the Diamond Sutra. Makabhadara Sutra, Samdhina Machana Sutra, all kinds of sutras that I can't even pronounce. Uh, but we, we go into those and look at what, what did someone think in the third century who was, who was a monk or a scholar or someone who's totally dedicated to this, who seemed to know, have an understanding about the Buddha's teaching that was uh, not away from it, but a more profound elaboration like uh, the first century uh, scholar, monk, uh, Nagarjuna, who... Uh, came up with uh, the tetralemma, not this, not that, not both, not neither. Very simple statement that totally destroys philosophy. You can't conclude things. You can make some conclusions, but you can't go too far with it. More, Wendy? And investigating the same thing as searching, as if you're searching for a little bit. So the searching is good, but having an idea of what you're searching for, you could minimize that. You know, uh, you could, yeah, you could, you could be, be. You're looking. You're watching what moves. So, my way of saying it, and this is not something I invented particularly. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves, because you're basically what's going to show up in different people's minds. You know, your issue with things, or your issue, or my issue, or anyone's issue, is going to show up with a different kind of quality. Your own karma, which means action. Your own causes and conditions, which means this lifetime for you. And this isn't the first one. Uh, and uh, don't believe anything I say. You don't have to believe a damn thing. But since you're here, listen, consider it, see if it floats. If it floats, it's probably a duck. I think think quacking is the key thing. Could be just a piece of wood shaped like a duck. Is that still a duck? Better duck. So, uh, So investigating by by sitting down and using the six sense fields, including the mind to just receive. If you're, if you're producing with a push of all the six sense fields, the, the, the six the thinking process, the only one that can really produce, the ears don't produce sounds, the eyes don't produce uh, sights, but the mind uh, receives thoughts and produces thoughts. That's where it's tied into karma, cause and effect. So whatever's coming towards the mind, the eyes, the nose, the tongue, the body, whatever, just receive. As I've said dozens of times, the most subtle and profound force, uh, form of generosity is to give everything your attention all the time, always be unreceived. 
production, if it needs to show up, yeah, it'll, it'll let you know. You could you could say something or respond to something or conclude something, but not much. Mo mostly beyond receive, and when when you're out really on receive, you won't do much math. Interestingly enough, along the lines of what you were asking about analysis, if the awareness is really powerful, when it is time to analyze, you're totally ready to do that, and it's choiceless. You just you just start analyzing the situation because it's time for that. But if you do it prematurely, then it's based on what fear. What if I don't get? What if I don't? What if I miss it? I better start writing it down right now. I better. It's a. It has a fear base, and as soon as fear shows up, we start. Everything starts becoming opaque from the point of view of fundamental nature of what's been happening. Or if, does it make some sense? Thank you. Yes. Yes, me. Um, <coughs> it seems to me from what you've said, Guruji, that. Um, that awareness is just that first moment. And after that comes the thought process. Am I right? Is awareness not something that is there throughout your thinking? Is, is, is that right? Awareness, uh, awareness is, a, is the training aspect of wisdom. So there has to be some kind of awareness quality happening where you're, you're endeavoring to see what is there rather than uh, see what you think is there. Uh, you, a good example of that is if, you, if somebody comes walking in, in the room you've never met before, you'll notice uh, because you don't know what it is the tendency to project onto them what they're wearing, what they look like, how tall they are, how old they are. It just happens in uh, microseconds. Uh, if they're quite a bit different than you, then you may, if your awareness is really clear, notice the, the automatic cultural uh, um, um, prejudice that happens. And if anytime, especially white people, talk to some white person that says they're not prejudiced. They're full of it. They're, they're prejudiced. You can't help but be. I can't help but be this person and not be. I'm an old white man. Of course I'm prejudiced. But being aware of the prejudice is what's important, not getting rid of prejudice. You cannot get rid of something uh, that is a part of the whole dynamic. You can't get rid of it. But you can at least be aware that you've been conditioned in a certain way so that you don't function out of that kind of uh, stupidity. More about that, doesn't you? Not here. Awareness training practice for wisdom. So the, the recommendation is you sit down and you whatever's in front of you, the wall, you're just, just aware of the wall. And then your this other five sense fields are operating with their objects, sounds, smells, taste, touch, all that taste of your own saliva. It's an object in that particular consciousness that is showing up there. Um, because it's so primary, because it's it's so simple and we are uh, organisms, we are human beings, because it's such a primary area that by going to that, eventually there's the possibility of the wisdom mind, which has been here, which is not a, a thing, has no, uh, as I said, traditionally, no ontological status. It has no thingness to it. It's not something. If it's something, it's going away. Wisdom can't go away because it hasn't appeared. So the closest thing to that is the openness is a, uh, uh, it's talked about through the word awareness to be, which is you're receiving whatever's showing up. And so this is, a, this is the path to, uh, as far as the Buddha's teaching is going, to seeing fund the fundamental truth or wisdom or ult ultimate truth, absolute truth. You, you, you are not separate from that. Never have been, never will be. And, uh, but it's not something you believe in. You don't, you don't, believe, you don't disbelieve it and suddenly believe it. Uh, if you uh, if you realize this, if you awaken to this, 
you will realize it's just something you've been covering up since you were born. And now you're no longer covered up. So uh, this is why it's called liberation. You're not free from something. You're not free to do something. You just no longer have any questions about anything. And why? You see what it is. What is it? Not separate. What's the fancy word for it? Uh, Nana, wisdom, prajna, or just, you know stuff. <laughs> is that funny? Questions are good if you have them. I can also consider to chatter and go ahead. You used the analogy with your hand, and one in yes. front of your face and one further out. And yeah. you said we're leading with our thinking process, not the awareness. Mm -hmm. But then you said that you're free to analyze. So how can we, how can we, how can awareness be ahead of analysis? It's just a way of, it's a path. If you want to tell somebody how to go through the Vasa Trail, You'd have to get a map, and so you turn here and you cross, and don't watch out for there's a bear behind this bush. You know, you tell people about it. But then when you go into the situation, you'd say, where's the bears? And the bear's behind you. So you didn't tell them about that. So it's just a construct. It's just a way out. It's not like that at all. Wisdom is always, uh, always, always present. There's anything but wisdom. And the other stuff that shows up is just uh, impermanence. It's just uh, the, the phenomena that comes and goes and, and various uh, uh, various uh, qualities of this as a physical organism. We have the sense fields. So it's just showing up in different ways. When you realize it, then you don't see anything but wisdom. Every sound is wisdom. Every, every, every bird flying by, every, every thought that arises. This is why I... Tell people if you want to, if you want to save all beings, if you want to be with all things, start out with your own thought process. Sit down, hold still. Don't object. Don't agree. Don't look away. Those are the three poisons. Don't agree with it. The thoughts are rising. Don't object to them, and don't look away. And as I say that, I know you can't you can't help but do that because I do that. But that gets you to look closely at the actual operation of the thought arising. Do nothing with it. Don't agree. Don't disagree. And don't shut down. And that can be very, very painful if this is the first experience you've had of getting a good stiff dose of your own karma. You can avoid, you can avoid karma. You can move to St. Louis. Don't forget you ever saw me. Change your name. I might track you down. <laughs> More? What, does, what is wisdom? What is wisdom? Not separate. There isn't anything but wisdom from the point of view of uh, ultimate truth. A relative truth is there's a table, there's a computer, there are human beings, there's a sky, there's snow, there's the bears, the bears. <laughs> but ultimately, those are not separate. They're seen as separate because we're separated into a body-mind complex as a human being, as a living being. But so are cockroaches. So are, are bears. And, you know, we're not that dissimilar. There's some similarities. And there's some things that are different. More questions about that are good. Let's go into it. Help me. So what, what is wise? There isn't anything that's wise. If there's someone who's wise, it's not exactly wisdom. It's just highfalutin philosophy, psychology. If somebody who knows more than other people, like Nietzsche, Friedrich Hegel, Kierkegaard, I'm just naming a few Western, usually the Western ones, uh, Westerners are the ones that are full of themselves. Very intelligent, smarty pants. Yes. Um, Kozan's question, uh, 
made me think that we're not on the same page in terms of awareness, because for me... <laughs> well, you're in the table of contacts, she's in the index. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> What's you say the index? Huh? What's the index? What I was just... Yeah, saying. I know. I was just no, saying. no. Go ahead. Okay. So for, for Kozan, she said, how can you have awareness behind your thought? For me, it's the awareness is first and the thought comes afterwards. Okay. So what are we not quite in sync with? What are we not understanding? You think there's a relationship? Huh? You think there's a relationship? Uh, I think there's a um, misunderstanding. I like that. <laughs> Is that word all the time? <laughs> Just a misunderstanding. <laughs> we think there's somebody, and it's not that there isn't some somebody. There, of course, there is, but it, but that somebody is not separate from every other thing. Different. There's no, all similar people, but everyone's wired differently. You're karma's differently you're you're raised differently you have different uh, health uh, issues or maybe no health problems at all so lots of variations it's in the buddhism it's called the ten thousand things that, that make it confusing and make it look like there's something to do somewhere to get somebody to be and i'm not saying you know, that you shouldn't do whatever you want to do but the most at some point one of those relativities that you think are two or think are two separate things are going to catch up with you. The, the one I'm saying, talking about is death. Death comes without warning. It's not, it's not nihilism. It's just true. You know anybody that's never died? Is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> huh? Some of us are still here. <laughs> some of us are still here. Some of us are, of us are uh, running out of time. <laughs> I'm one of them. But you're one of them. It's, all, it's just relative. But if you if there's a if there's a fear of death, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be have some trepidation about it, but then there's something you're misunderstanding because who you actually are can't die. It hasn't been born. The body's born, but you're not your body. Simple. This isn't just Buddhism. This is a Advaita, Hinduism. Even, even uh, Christianity touches on this in different ways. You know, through using, uh, you know, the, the theistic approach, you know, somebody's <laughs> higher, better, knows more God and his offspring knows more than you do. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Maybe if you're, probably you won't be here if that's your path. You'd be somewhere where they're talking about that situation. So not wrong. It's just a different way. This uh, tends to be uh, um, quite a bit more direct uh, with a lot less uh, in between. Although there needs to be some kind of a, of a teacher, a teaching, and a community. So Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, without, without all three of them are here right now. Do you want to be here or not? You're here. So while you're here, you're part of the Sangha or the community of people on a spiritual path, particularly the, that of the Buddha's teaching. Um, nothing to nothing to be right or wrong about. Further questions, especially from someone who has an answer question. Yeah. San. In relationships, some seem easier, some seem harder, some seem closer, some seem more distant. Mm -hmm. Is there is there an element of that that's important for us to understand? You're already doing it. That's all you do. Just what you said is that's it's very simple. Nothing extra. You start to step out of one of those that goes into another element. Then it's starting to get more cloudy and more confusing, more circular. So to keep it very simple. Just notice that it happened that way. Just notice it. That way. 
Yeah, feels that way. Uh, anything you conclude won't last. Feeling really close to somebody, and suddenly you don't feel so close to them anymore. Feeling it's it's called uh, marriage. <laughs> Very interesting area, a relationship. So it's just do not don't anything that happens. You know, don't don't particularly add to it. Make it worse. If something, if it's bad weather, don't start blaming the weatherman or weather woman. No, they're not at fault. They're just a messenger. Um, you were talking about even Christianity has mm-hmm. um, a sense of body, spirit split, or something like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I don't understand how to understand the um, when you say you're not your body. Um, then I, I, my mind wants to make a kind of disembodied thing that is not, that is me that is not my body, but but that sounds too much like the old Gnostic split. That sounds too much like Christianity and various forms, and I don't think that's what you mean. Could you say more? What do you think I mean? You say you're not your body. Maybe I think you mean that. You are, but you're not, because you are. Exactly. <laughs> That's so precise. <laughs> everything fits together to make this thing. Everything is, but I just answered that. Kind of, but you, you could say it's just a, it's not some big conclusion that, that where it's an aha situation. Those are not so trustworthy because they're they're happening in, in an apparent time and space and they won't last. You don't need that. All you need to do is see what this is. There's no conclusion. You don't need to conclude something that's, you don't need to look at the color blue and conclude that it's blue. There's, there's nothing to believe in, nothing to disbelieve in. Eugene? What does it need to Well, it's situational. So it be because it's it's something you're going to do. So it has a situational quality to it. If, uh, if, you, if you notice you're excluding something, then you could kind of work the other way, like a, um, a noisy neighbor or something, or somebody that's uh, giving you a hard time or something. You could try to try to just include that a little bit more before you start getting offended by it and you know shouting at them. You try to include a little bit more of the negativity that's there or the difficulty that's there. Be, be a little bit more with that and, and, and experience the, the reaction. The, you know, this happens and then that occurs. So this happens and then there's some kind of a, you know, like that. And just be with that. So when I say include, not only the situation, because sometimes that inclusion, inclusion um, shows up as somebody, well, I'm just trying to be nice. So I'm just, so I'm doing everything I can, which is horseshit. Pardon me, you too. But it's just, it's it's an extra, it's a very subtle way that the ego mind comes in and takes credit for being a really good person. And there isn't anyone. So just include, just include. And, and sometimes that including might be uh, including the way you would keep excluding things, including, uh, then we're starting to get close to the way your, your primary uh, um, ignorance is functioning called uh, ignoring that there is no one here at the center, even though you might be, having a great time enjoying yourself and you have a lot of friends and you, and you, you get to uh, um, roll out of bed every morning and have a wonderful day and good coworkers and a great family. 
which I know you do. <laughs> so, you, do you follow a little bit what I'm saying? It, 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 it keeps changing around. You can't track it down. You can never get to be perfect. And why? Already perfect. Already, already perfect. That's difficult. There's nothing to fix. There's nothing to conclude. You, you're, you're, this is called the spiritual path. It's not a mundane path of success and failure. That might be full of it. There's different ways of handling that, depending on the, on the tradition. So that exclusion, inclusion is not about, when I say don't include, I know you can't help doing that. I'm, uh, I can't, again, I'm so uh, dyslexic, I can't remember whether I said include or disclude or, or, I know there's two cludes. There's include and conclude, exclude, there's three of them. There more? Any other cludes? Preclude. Huh? Preclude, and then I don't have a clude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Bad. Bad puns. Yes. Here. Back to uh, your question here. Yes. Say I acknowledge that I'm not close with a coworker. Do I not try to inquire about their life or become curious about them? I just accept that we're not close? Mm, a little bit. I would do, and I, you know, I'm just kind of imagining a situation that you've just given me a few words. So I'm, you know, I've had coworkers. So I know what that's like. So um, I know stuff. So I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be with somebody that's a little uncomfortable or you don't feel close to. And to, I would say just do a little bit, but not by way of looking for results. If you're looking for any results, then you're not. Then your functioning is probably a little off. If you're, are you a meditator? You meditate? No. So eyes open. If all the things you're doing with your, I mean, you could you could lay on the floor sprawled out. I prefer that you set up with a straight spine. But the most important thing is because we this is the way we sleep. So open your eyes so that your meditation is tying you into your life. Open your eyes, and then as far as this uh, individual uh, man or woman, a man. Yeah. So uh, a little bit, and I would you know I'd have to see more about it. I would say do do a little bit of that, but make sure when you do it, you're just doing it as a as a kind of a gesture to to make sure that you're you're not breaking off because of their thought patterns and coming to conclusions about well I don't like them or they don't like me or all of that. So you could you do a little bit the person, but the, don't conclude if you can help it. I mean, it could be anything from the person just doesn't like you, which is a valid thing, and or to they're terrified of you, and especially if it's a guy. They don't want to look weak. And so they're not about, uh, the guy might be in love with you. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, it, there could be some kind of dynamics happening where, where because of your pre presumption and preconceptions about it, but the way you could work with it just a little bit, just could be something simple as, uh, you know, time of day, the weather, anything like that. But, so, but, but watch out. Uh, when I say watch out, I'm just saying be be uh, clear about your tendency to react to that situation and go somewhere else rather just have a willingness to just just let it be what it is. If you can do that, then you could actually reach out a little bit without adding on the expectation that, well, if he says this or if he looks away or if he continues to ignore you, that must mean that the people, human beings are doing this all the time. This happens, that happens. And so that must mean they actually abandon the very situation because the ego mind does not like awareness. The ego mind wants to know, am I right? Am I wrong? How many times have people say to you, uh, well, is that good or bad? I mean, it's like, well, thanks. You know, that you could just, 
It's, it's just an extra fills in the space so we don't have to live in an open dimension of being where we're, where we're so clear about what's happening. We're no longer threatened by anything. Nothing scares Even our own death is not terrifying anymore. If it comes up, we're, we're ready for that. We can do that. All, all compounded things will vanish. We're one of them. So when it comes time to vanish, vanish. I mean, you could, you could say goodbye. <laughs> and in that situation, I, would, uh, I, I wouldn't know. I'd be happy to talk to you if you ever wanted to talk about it. I could do that more about the specifics. And I don't want to ask you too much because it's personal. But I would say I'll move in that direction just a little bit. You'll know. Just a little bit could be a comment or someone. If the coworker is right standing next to you all the time, yeah, yeah. So it would be good to say a little bit, uh, just for the point of uh, just to, uh, the three that I have talked about is communication, cooperation, collaboration. You can't do the last two unless you do the first one. You have to communicate, which means what? I have a, something called a ninety ten rule, which might not work in this uh, situation. It means. Um, uh, listen 90% of the time, talk 10. And uh, so all you'd have to do is say, how's it going? And if they just go, you know, probably they're terrified of you. <laughs> it could happen. It could, you sense something about it from what I've said or not? Well, he speaks 0% of the time. So I can only do 0% listening. So. Yeah, but you could, you could I, ask I him. I try to talk, but he doesn't. Oh, you, you have tried very that. Very shy. So. Well, see, that's a pretty important insight. He, he might be afraid of you. I mean, he might not even know he's afraid of you. I mean, he, he might be just kind of fluffing up something inside. You know, it's probably because you're so homely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for receiving that. That was meant to be funny. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. So there's so many different things that could be showing up there, but I just go really slow and don't don't look to any expectation about it beyond just just extend yourself a little bit, be friendly with them. You're welcome. What is your name? Madison. Madison. Thank you. Gary. We'll get to you next. <laughs> if you see no separation, how does relationships change? You know, uh, Sometimes they're closer, further away. Mm -hmm. Does that still exist in the same? Oh my goodness! It can get more intense. You get more what we've been calling a relationship. Actually, that's a way of keeping it at bay by having ideas. But when you stop doing that, then the relationship gets can get uh, overwhelming. Something that the ego is trying to protect itself from. Very similar to what Madison is happening here. It's a, a different thing because it's somebody that you don't particularly know very well because it doesn't say anything. But that, that's, that's pretty powerful. I mean, I could say to Madison, I say, why don't you just sit there and do your job? Don't worry about it. But something about it is, you know, a little puzzling for you that you're, you're spending the whole day. What kind of work or job is it? I work in a wine cellar. Yeah. Well, you're probably hitting the bottle too much. <laughs> Get out of the cellar and come up in the living room. <laughs> So yeah, I understand. So you're just doing your job, whatever the function is there. Could be, could be fear, some other, or it might be something else. Could be a person that has other issues that are going on in their family that they're concerned about and just doesn't want to say too much. Doesn't want to be bothered or something. Sometimes uh, people, people who are introverted sometimes just look like they're mean. Like really, they're they're just afraid of being out. They don't want to be. Um, I'm I'm introverted. I probably don't seem that way. But I don't, your age, I was 
terrified of opening my mouth. I did a lot, and I would always be embarrassed because I said dumb things. Just a question from um, down at the monastery. Juzan has a question. Juzan. Yes. If if things seem bad, does knowledge of circularity indicate that things will get better? Yes and no. Anything else from you? Not yet. Come on, Juzan. He'll get back with us. Yes, sir. Regarding how to work on trauma or you know, either externally or internally, mm -hmm. as it relates to relationship, no. how to strategies for working. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. um, I mean, there's so many variables there. I would say, I mean, it could be anything from, uh, you know, a therapist, who, I mean, not, not recommending that, but I'm not going to say, you know, everybody needs to meditate immediately. Maybe you, might need some other kind of help from someone who's coming out of one of the sciences or something like that, possibly. Um, from the point of view of, uh, is, are you speaking about someone else or yourself? Or if I can ask, I would respond different ways. Okay, well, situations where like I was harmed externally by others, but yeah. I brought myself, brought it about. For myself, anyways. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, I'm, look who you're asking. I'm a monk. So I, the path I uh, and teach is uh, that awareness. Not joining, nothing you join. You don't have any, there's no way you can join this situation. No dues. There's nothing like that. But it's it's available and it's here. And so um, I would say, train your mind. And how do you do that? Sit down, hold still, watch what moves. And insofar as you can, do no math. Don't add, subtract, divide. Don't don't do anything with it other than just the bare attention of whatever's moving. What's happening in each person is relative to what's been happening to you since you were, were born and even before then. Uh, so how that works. So when you use the word trauma, you know, there, as you would know, there's so many ways that, that that word would be the only thing you could use. How you were treated or what happened to you or, or what's still happening to you. So I say less is better. So what do we have a say so about? We can't we can't control our thoughts. We don't know what they are. We just know we all have them. We don't know what a thought is. I would say if we did, I'd say, show me your thoughts. So you might be able to talk or express yourself, but that's not actually it. But what you can do, take everything that's in motion that seems to be attributable to me and hold it still. And then that which continues to move seems to be, uh, uh, at least eventually, maybe not at first, starts to sh express itself as the actual difficulty we're having, whether the causes and conditions could be uh, like a trauma or anything that's happened like that. It starts to show up, the structure of that starts to show up more and more clearly, especially if we don't conclude too soon or if we don't conclude at all until we're, we're kind of forced into it. Fire is hot. That's a conclusion, kind of. Water's wet, but it's very, very direct. You, you don't have to get someone's opinion. I think this is hot. What do you think? Stick your hand in there. You know, now that might happen with a three-year-old because they're still, <laughs> they don't know about concluding. <laughs> so, so I would say, uh, are you a meditator? Yeah. So eyes open. Okay. Well, that's okay. As long as there's some kind of, and I say that just from, uh, you could say, well, what are you doing with that conclusion? I, well, I would say, Okay, if that's how you're receiving it, then close them. 
I'm not here to get you to do something else. If your experience of that is different, but I would say you could start out with sit down, hold still, very still without being rigid, move whenever your knee hurts. Don't, don't try to sit through anything. It's not a macho thing. Sit down, hold still, symmetrical, back straight, on a chair, on a cushion, on the floor, uh, standing up, and just receive whatever continues to move. And whatever continues to move eventually, not this week, not next week, maybe tomorrow, or maybe today, will the form of that uh, trauma will start to show without a story. If it shows up with a story, then just keep looking at the stories without pushing them down, without fluffing them up or adding to them or explaining, and without distracting yourself or looking away or trying to get rid of it or something like that. Just observe what moves. And because nothing lasts, everything is changing, uh, that eventually will morph into more and more closely what the fundamental understanding that is probably being covered up by the original. So, you know, it's sometimes called fixation. Sometimes uh, some traditions say you've got pain here, you've got pain here that's locked down in the body because body and mind are not two different things. They just look different. You have no access to the mind other than what we think we do. Uh, we think we, sometimes we say, well, I don't want you to think, you know, as if we can control somebody else's thoughts. We can't even control our own. So I would say do it through awareness. Just go, keep going into that area you refer to as trauma without any uh, credentials, without any roadmaps. If you got roadmaps, uh, you, know, you need, may need a little bit. I just gave you one. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves. It's a roadmap. And, it, and it's not about Buddhism, but it's not not about Buddhism. It's not about a spiritual path, but it's not not about a spiritual path. It could start out very rudimentary you know, with some kind of very pragmatic kind of approach to it. But eventually that starts to bust loose and, and it can be terrifying to ego. If ego is not ready for that, uh, which what ego is ever ready, sometimes that can be frightening. That's why the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha is so supportive and helpful. At least you have uh, companions on the path are called spiritual friends. They don't meddle with you, try to fix you, they respect your confusion. At the same time, they respect your Buddha nature, unusual community. What is, what is your name, sir? K. Again? K. Like the initial K? Yeah. No period? No. Okay. Okay, K. K, K. Who knew do you have? No, that's it. Are we going somewhere else now? Food. Food? <laughs> okay. Any, any final questions before we stop? Yes. No? no. Okay. Good. Let's do... How do we do this? What do we do next? Bow and go. Bow and go. Good. We can do that.